This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Oh man, it's good to be back in this seat on this microphone. Miss one show and I feel like it's been away for forever. But we are back here on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thanks for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe and hit that bell notification so you get notified whenever we have new content available to you. Also, stay up to date with the show when you're on the go when you download us on your favorite podcast app. It's Operation Domination Time for Week 10. Week 10, that doesn't sound right. We're five games away from the fantasy football playoff starting. That's where we are right now, where strategies change, right? Because it's no longer just about trying to win your week-to-week and playoff positioning. Are you way ahead? Are you 7-2? and you know, two? Are you are you on your way to winning your division? Should you start making trades that maybe value-wise are equal, but matchup wise benefits you more in the long run should be taking stabs at handcuffs or on you on the other side where your playoffs started now where you have to win every single game just for a chance to get there that's where the strategy this all comes into play and most fantasy football leagues you know your trade deadlines come around thanksgiving come around that week 12 period so we got a lot to get into not just for this week but some strategy that we're going to have for the upcoming weeks because it's that time i got my two co-hosts in the building we got adam larue and chris dowhauer how we doing fellas doing great there we go like the enthusiasm <laughs> well i think adam's adam's peeking ahead to the thursday night game and he's, he's hard to contain himself with excitement oh, it's gonna be electric what are you talking about oh, the chicago bears the carolina panthers two wild animals taking on each other uh, that's that's the best way I could sell that. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Which think... rookie quarterback's been more exciting to watch? That's gonna be the interesting part. <laughs> Tyson Passion. <I'm> <laughs> the answer may shock you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was I was hopeful we were gonna get Justin Fields. We're probably not gonna get Justin Fields, so it will be another week of Tyson Badgett. But uh, yeah, let's go ahead and just get this whole thing started. <laughs> It is the Carolina Panthers and the Chicago Bears. On the injury report list, we got Justin Fields. He's going to miss yet another week. Fun fact about Justin Fields, because I'm not going to talk to Brian Scott about this tomorrow because the game already be going on. But fun fact about him, he still has not been cleared for contact, which is why I was trying to figure out why there was all this hype about the potential of him playing this Thursday to begin with. Uh, because until he gets clear for contact, until he has a full practice under his belt, we're not going to see Justin Fields. And I don't think this is necessarily a situation in which we're going to see him next week either. So I wouldn't get too hopeful. Keep stashing him if you had him this entire time. Anyway, keep on the IR. His legs aren't hurt. So as long as his legs aren't hurt, his fantasy upside is frankly still going to be there. Uh, as far as the other injury report goes, Cole Komet, knee Khalil Herbert ankle. Khalil Herbert listed as questionable, but did get listed as a full participant in practice all uh, week. Cole Komet, he has a knee issue. He's expected to be good to go. He was listed one earlier in the week. DJ Chark on the Carolina side is the only player of the Panthers not expected to be able to play tomorrow with an elbow injury. He's listed officially as doubtful. The Chicago Bears 
Believe it or not, I, got, I have to double check this. So I, I thought this line was going to change because it seemed like a weird lie, but no, I guess it. I guess it really hasn't changed. Chicago Bears are minus four heading into this game with an over under of thirty nine. Oh, I'm sorry, it changed to about three and a half. Whatever, no big deal. I thought that would go lower with the news about Justin Fields, but Tyson Badgett led Chicago Bears. It is in Chicago, but still are favored by three and a half points over the Carolina Panthers. And uh, right now, Chicago <laughs> has had five of their games go on the over, and Carolina's only won one game this year against the spread. I don't know if I'm going to be ballsy enough to bet Chicago minus three and a half with Tyson Badge as the quarterback. I don't care. This Carolina, but I will take the under at 39 that I will do. That's where I'm at with this game. Okay, fellas, who is the better rookie quarterback? Chris, so Tyson Badger is a brace. <laughs> that's, I that's mean, I mean, you can definitely debate, it, especially fantasy wise. I mean, you saw Tyson Badger using his legs scrambling around. I think at 70 yards rushing last week. Um, wasn't you know pretty necessarily, but was productive versus Bryce Young, who had three turnovers, two you know for the defense, four touchdowns off of. Um, so it's been Tyson Badgett so far. Although Dan in this game, I think that numbers you know still skewed and actually Carolina in the game. I can't believe I'm gonna uh -oh. pick the Panthers, but I think they actually the more talented team. Uh oh, team. Chris is buckling, Adam. Chris is buckling. He's coming over to the Bryce Young side. He's going to the dark side. Don't let him go. It's drifting into the light. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I actually have Badgett at 26, Bryce Young at 23 for what it's worth. This is the more important question for fantasy. We go to the running backs. Adam, help me out. You got Donta Foreman. Let's say Cleo Herbert is active. And you have Roshan Johnson, who looked like he got put on the back burner last Sunday. Who would, if you had to play one Chicago Bear, I don't know nobody wants to, but if you had to play one Chicago Bear, which one would you play? I feel like I, I would be on the Deonta Foreman side. Uh, I've historically been a Khalil Herbert guy. I like Khalil Herbert quite a bit. Um, but, I mean, let's just think about the circumstances. He's been playing really well. Um, so I, I feel like this is the type of staff that would ride the hot hand. And I'm not going to play Khalil Herbert coming off an injury anyways. Um, so if I'm playing one, it's got to be a Foreman. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. I have him ranked at RB29 this week. Uh, Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson, both tucked away in my 40s. I'm not really looking at these guys. Uh, yes, Herbert is back. If he's back and he activated, he will have some sort of role. But we saw them kind of ease away from Roshan and his volume, what he had coming off of his injury. Khalil Herbert coming off a high ankle. We don't know exactly if he has his explosiveness back yet. Is he in football shape all the way after missing four weeks? And we do have a revenge game against Carolina. And the Carolina matchup is the only reason why we even need to figure this out in the first place, because otherwise I'd tell you not to touch it all together. But you want to try to see if you can figure out the guy who has the best chance for a touchdown. Maybe you head in that direction. Chris, on the other flip side, on the Carolina side, we saw some movement there in that backfield. Chuba Hubbard still was the lead guy, but Miles Sanders wasn't just left for dead on the bench. He looked like he took over the pass-catching role and was the more efficient running back as Chuba Hubbard continued to be inefficient with 3.6 yards per carry last week. Do you think this is going to switch back into a 50-50? Which one would you start this week? Yeah, I don't think it's going to be quite a 50-50 quite yet. I mean, I think it could be shifting back there. Miles Sanders did get paid a big amount of change, you know, to, to be the play, uh, key part of this offense. Um, although we saw Chuba, you know, Chuba Hubbard be the guy last week, 
I think you just basically going to see what you saw last week and switch in the roles. Uh, Chuba Hubbard was the pass catcher, was the early, you know, the guy who was kind of sprinkled in and was more effective guy early in the season. And Miles Center was the you know, early down guy who got all the carries. I think the roles kind of flip flopped. Uh, Chuba Hubbard still has some value though because he just catch the ball, you know, somewhat, not quite as often as he was in the past catching situation. So if I'm going to pick a guy, I'm going to go with Hubbard this week. I tend to agree. I got him an RB 22. I'm just going to stick with the guy who's still getting the majority of the work until that changes, but we are keeping our eye on the miles Sanders situation. You can't drop Sanders. And if you have Hubbard and you have Sanders, I understand that you want to have a splitting headache on your hands, but I would play Hubbard here for myself. Uh, Adam Thielen, much lower than the ECR is on Adam Thielen this week. Still playing him. I got him at wide receiver 15. I'm not going crazy here. Relax, guys. I know you guys all try to jump on me about Adam Thielen stuff, even though if I have to remind you, I am still the one who won the showdown, just to kind of go ahead and point that out. However, last two weeks, it, the usage, whatever. Two weeks ago, his usage was fine. Last week, the game got away from the Carolina Panthers. Their offense was completely inept. I'm not necessarily trying to hold that against Adam Thielen. What sticks out to me, though, is since the bye week, two weeks ago, his A dot is under five yards. So they went from targeting down the field a healthy amount, right? Because his A dot before that was about 10 yards. A good, healthy A dot with target share. Now, all of a sudden, the last two weeks, the offense has changed to where they're hell-bent on Mingo getting the ball down the field a little bit more, even though it's not working out. And Adam Thielen is only allowed to catch the ball within five yards of the line of scrimmage. That keeps happening. He's going to keep slipping because you can't really do much if you only catch the ball five yards of the line of scrimmage and you're Adam freaking Thielen. I don't know. Uh, what do you think, Adam? Adam for Adam. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Where, where do you have him specifically? I definitely I got him at think. I got him at 15. Okay. Like, yeah, 15. I think that's fine. Uh, I, I think things you are. You got him at six, though. That's, that's what you're trying to, like, they got him, like, you're like, you're a mid-wide receiver one this, like, that's, that's too far. Yeah, a mid-wide receiver one is tough. I, I think that's expecting a lot more from this offense uh, than I, I would. I, I, this offensive line is tough, and I know he's been able to overcome this for a while. Um but I don't know. I, the Bears matchup as a whole, like I kind of get it. Um, but having him much more than a low end one, I think is rich for me. Um, but things are trending down. I, I still think that uh, he's still going to be a very, very playable asset moving forward, um, but maybe not a mid tier one. Yeah. Okay. That's that's fine. Well, we have to watch this though, because this continues. He's going to drift further and further down my board uh dj moore somebody that without justin fields i can't be overly confident about playing this guy either he started got him at 14 got 22 i'm just I'm, I'm sorry i'm bearing a lot of guys in this game <laughs> i don't think that should be a surprise given the matchup but i am dj moore since fields has been out has been wide receiver 42 and while the carolina is a great matchup for the running backs they've only given up the six fewest points to the wide receiver so far this season Chris, I still think you probably have to play DJ Moore, but is he really a must-start in your mind? I mean, I think you look around the rest of the league, yes. Um, especially with the buys this week, you have different situations you're kind of dealing with. At receiver, you're looking for a guy that's going to have an upside. And of all the guys who has upside on his Bears offense, it's DJ Moore, a guy who you know had almost a 300-yard game week two or week three, what I think it was. So this is a guy that's going to be featured in the passing attack. I know he hasn't been pretty. It hasn't been what you're looking for. Carolina is a tough matchup, but I don't know who you're going to play over your you know, over DJ Moore in your lineup this week. 
I mean, that's fair. We got, we got what the Eagles, the Dolphins, the Chiefs, the Rams. The, those are the four teams. That's a lot of fantasy players. They, like, we've had other weeks where we've had more teams on by. We have other weeks with four teams on by. I don't know if we had any other weeks that I can think of where the elite of the elite fantasy football talent is all on by at the same time. So it does make a little bit of a void there. And the consistent guys, Dan, just to point yeah. out real quick, like the Tyree sure. Kills of the world, the guys who are getting you the points week in, week in as those true number ones, while some of the number ones aren't necessarily doing that. Sure. Uh, Cole Komet, somebody you can play as a top 12 tight end. I got him at 13, but he's in that territory, depending upon what your options are. And you guys got any other notes you want to talk about in this game? I mean, the one thing I would uh, darts throw, maybe more so DFS, is Darnell Mooney's been kind of more involved in this offense. As you kind of alluded to, DJ Moore hasn't been necessarily as effective, but Darnell Mooney might be a guy that you see, you know, give a big opportunity in this game if, as the other receiver, gets kind of less attention in this Carolina defense. Yeah, sure. I'm fine with that as a showdown DFS on Thursday night. Absolutely take that shot. All right, let's go to our next match.